to an episode of Mirror Drive, and I am your host, Brayson. It's just me this time. It's probably just me moving forward. Evan and I, the schedules clashed, and obviously episodes weren't coming out with us trying to do it that way. So I'll have Evan on when I can. I love having Evan as a co-host of the podcast. I think he adds a lot to it. But if you want episodes of the podcast, it has to be this way. Hopefully, Evan does some things on his own as well, so we can hear Evan's opinions and thoughts on stuff that happened. So, it is Monday, February 21st, 2022. The Daytona 500 was yesterday. Austin Sendrick, the rookie, does what Brad Keselowski couldn't do after a decade and wins the Daytona 500 for Roger Penske. Happy birthday, Roger Penske, 85 years old. And that's Team Penske's, what, third Daytona 500? Man, what a race. What a showing from the next-gen cars. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to kind of recap the weekend racing that we saw with, you know, ARCA Trucks, Cup, Xfinity. We're probably not going to dwell too much on the lower series. We might talk about them later on. I want to talk about the Daytona 500. I'm not going to go over every little de- be- every little detail. If you guys are listening to this, odds are you watched the Daytona 500. And you're just here for reactions, opinions, and whatever. So, thoughts on the Daytona 500. I thought the next-gen car actually did really well. Like, I was really concerned. I think a lot of people were concerned. The last place car in the draft would consistently lose the draft. We didn't really see that too much. It seemed like everyone was able to stay with the pack, unlike in the duels or in practice. So, a very good showing. Um, Let's talk about stage one, the finish of stage one. Uh, Brad Kozlowski doing what Brad Kozlowski does and pushes Harrison Burton a little too much, considering the time of the race. It gets Harrison Burton loose. He spins, kind of hits Denny Hamlin a little bit. Takes out Denny. Harrison Burton then flips off whatever little contact that was. It just like, I thought he was going 160 and the car blew over. Maybe that's going to be cause for concern later on. Um, I don't think the next-gen car was intended to do blowovers. They've kind of not wanted that for a long time. But it's insane how slow he was going when that car just lifted up and took off. I don't know if it's because of how flat like the undercarriage of the car is or whatever the situation may be. I would not be surprised if NASCAR takes a look at that and some changes are made moving forward, especially for uh, the super speedways. We have Atlanta in a couple weeks, and that's going to be essentially a miniature super speedway. So a little bit of cause for concern there if you're NASCAR, for sure. Luckily, everyone was okay after all the wrecks, uh, or all the drivers in that wreck. Stage two, or stage one, obviously one Martin Drex Jr. Stage two, the guys kind of like, I don't know, went single file. They got a little more calm down after seeing a car start tumbling. And I thought the racing was really good, man. A couple issues with the tires, the single lug uh, strikes early on in the season. Uh, Kaz Grala's tire just comes off under green, his rear tire. I don't really know if that was a situation where they didn't get the lug nut tightened or what. Justin Haley's tire then comes off not long after. Like, literally not like I 20 minutes later. And that one was more of a situation where the wheel hub looks like it broke and it was angled weird. I, it was weird. I don't know. I'm not a mechanic. I'm just a fan. But I'm not too worried about the wheels, to be honest. A lot of people are freaking out about it, and I understand. But the two uh, incidents didn't seem to be connected. It was just coincidence that they both happened so quick to each other. Um, I wouldn't be concerned. One thing that I do think might actually be kind of concerning, though, and here's where I would love to get Evan's opinion, or anyone's opinion, really. I think it might be kind of concerning how fragile the suspension seemed to be. Like, Denny Hamlin, for instance, he kind of, like, sideswiped Harrison Burton as he's spinning. And it completely destroyed his, what, right rear suspension? 
Uh, was it the right rear? It was the right rear. Um, in the net, in the Gen Six car, even the Gen Five, Gen Four, I don't think that'd be race ending. Like, yeah, it'd be a little bit of repairs, probably fall a lap or two down. Maybe we'll have the same speed, but I wouldn't assume that would knock you out of the race. And then Tyler Reddick, not long after, is just driving single file line, not making any moves, no contact, and the right rear toe link or whatever broke off turn four. Uh, no contact, just snapped coming out of the corner. Day done. That destroyed Truex's car, who had won the two stages previously. Uh, Jacques Villeneuve got a little bit of damage, but we'll talk about him later on. If the, the suspension's breaking off these loads at Daytona, what are they going to do when we go to Michigan or Fontana or Kansas or Texas, where there's a lot of loads put on the cars and really high speeds? Remember, they were only using, what, 510 horsepower today? Uh, what's going to happen when they start using the, what is it, 670 horsepower? I don't know. That's something that people smarter than me will have to figure out. So, let's talk about Brad Keselowski, okay? Brad Keselowski, the man, the myth, the menace, out here causing hella damage on these teams that don't really have <laughs> the cars to fix it. Uh, but no, I think the whole Brad Keselowski thing is a little overblown. He was just doing what anyone does, and it was just unfortunate that it happened with him. You got a bump draft, right? You can't help it that Harrison Burton's car's loose. You can't help it that Stenhouse couldn't hold the bump when you gave it to him in that moment. You can't even help it that you got turned into McDowell, and that caused an even bigger crash after the line. I don't think I don't think Keselowski did anything wrong. Maybe you see Harrison Burton's car's a little loose, and you don't push him off the corner. You're trying to help the guy get a stage win. You got to get those stage points yourself. Do stage points really matter? You tell me. Um... They clearly matter to some, maybe not others. They don't matter to Austin Cedric no more, that's for sure. So, I think I don't think uh, Keselowski did anything bad. I don't think Keselowski did anything that any other driver wouldn't do. So, I think that's enough of that. There's not even a conversation there. I think people just overreact in the moment. Uh, so, whatever. Uh, let's talk about the finish of the race. Overtime restart. Austin Cedric on the front row with, who was it beside him? Uh, Blaney, his teammate, Ryan Blaney was beside him. So, I am so surprised that they made it to this last lap without completely destroying the field. I thought for sure someone was beyond their lid. Especially the way the 21 took flight early on. The trucks and Xfinity, they're both wrecks on the last lap. There's a wreck on the last lap of the Arca race. I thought for sure these guys were going to destroy their cars. And to my surprise, they didn't. It was a good finish. Um, a photo finish. I mean, everyone's classifying as a photo finish. You didn't need a, a picture to tell who won that race. You know what I'm saying? They didn't need to go look at replays. But it was still a really good finish. Uh, off turn four, Ryan Blaney gets a run on Austin Cindric. Austin Cindric blocks him up to the wall. Bubba Wallace, who, side note, do you guys think that if Bubba Wallace didn't have that missing right front fender from when Stenhouse got spun, that he might have stole the win there? Because I can only imagine how much drag that that 23 car then had when he pulled out of the draft, and there was just a parachute in the right front. Or maybe it helped. I don't know. I don't really buy cars. Uh, but I can't. I, I just got to wonder. Maybe he wouldn't have won. Maybe it would have been closer. But Austendrick then goes down the track and blocks Bubba. Poor symbol the O-line. I don't think it's an issue. I don't think Bubba would have even passed him anyways. I think that's just a non-issue NASCAR Twitter wants to use to get Bubba the win. I love Bubba. I want him to win one legitimately, though. I don't want him to get it handed to him. By disqualifying the winner. I do think Bubba's tweet after the race was hilarious, though, with don't they got them illegal tires. That was uh, just, you know, poking the bear. Awesome. 
Gotta love Bubba's personality. Let's take a look at the top 10 results. I'm not going to go through the whole field. You guys watched it. You guys know. But there's a couple people here I want to talk about. So, finishing first, obviously, got Austin Sindrick locked into the playoffs. Congratulations, Austin Sindrick, on winning the 2022 NASCAR Rookie of the Year. I don't think the other rookies are going to get the playoffs. And you kind of have to to beat him. Bubba Wallace second, as we said. Chase Briscoe third. I was hard on him in our last episode. And it, it's great to see Chase Briscoe, uh, you know, having a good day. The way he blocked the leaders in stage two, I thought he was going to cause a wreck. Got him a top five, though. So Ryan Blaney finishes fourth. Eric Almarola with a quiet day, 38th to 5th today. A nice strong start for that Stuart Haas Ford. Two Stuart Haas cars in the top five. That would not have happened last year. Kyle Busch, 6th, still winless in the Daytona 500. Speaking of winless in the Daytona 500, this guy is not your defending Daytona 500 winner. Michael McDowell finishes 7th in a very quiet day. David Reagan gets that Rick Ware Racing forward a top 10. Brad Keselowski, the menace in ninth, And Chase Elliott. Honestly, was just there all day. He didn't really seem to do anything, but he gets a strong top 10, a strong start, and he's the highest finishing Hendrick Motorsports driver. Uh, notables throughout the race, I guess we can go over a little bit. Jacques Villeneuve finishing 22nd. That's awesome. That car seemed to be extremely off the pace all week, but he survived the drama, gets 22nd in Hesburgh's uh, team's debut. That's awesome. Austin Dillon finishes 25th. I swear that man was on pit road every other lap. I don't know what was going on there, but, I mean, at least he kept the car clean, I guess. All the way down to, like, guys like Denny Hamlin, 37th, a three-time Daytona 500 winner is done before lap, or before stage one even ends. Like, that should have let you know that we were going to have a crazy winner. So, that was the Daytona 500. Tweet, a, tweet at us. Uh, I don't actually know our Twitter. I think it's at Mirror Driving. I should probably know that before I say this. Tweet at us your thoughts of the race. Send us an audio message on Anchor. Uh, I'm not sponsored by Anchor, but we do use Anchor. Send us an audio message on, uh, on Anchor, and maybe we'll play it in the next episode, and we'll react to you guys. I'll react to you guys' thoughts. Maybe you have any questions, opinions, or whatever. So, that was the Daytona 500. I do want to talk a little bit about the Xfinity Series race at Daytona. Um, I can't do a NASCAR podcast and not talk about that last lap crash. But before then, I want to go a little bit further back in time. Okay, just rewind it a little bit. I want to talk about Xfinity Series qualifying at Daytona. Because that was the story of the show. It's a shame. It's a shame. That Xfinity, or that qualifying in general is two rounds. Um, it wouldn't have mattered so much, but Jade Buford, man, and that big machine record Chevy... RCR Alliance, went out there early on in qualifying and set the top time that no one beat until I think Daniel Hemrick went out in like 38th or something, almost 40th, maybe even after 40th. Very late in the show, Daniel Hemrick goes out uh, and steals the top spot in round one. It didn't seem to matter because obviously they're the second round, but Jade Buford out here, uh, what's the, Jade Buford out here, making a name for himself. I'm trying to look at the the qualifying times here to see exactly what had happened. I don't know. So the Xfinity Series, much like in the Cup Series, Daniel Hemrick wins Stage 1, and then I believe won Stage 2 as well. Got involved in a wreck in Stage 3, much like Truex. The Xfinity Series was awesome, man. Handling really seemed to matter. The guys couldn't keep a single file along the white line. They were in the middle, kind of like a 2003-esque plate race. It was awesome, man. I'm only 24, but I watch those races all the time in the offseason, and it's so nice to see the 
plate racing kind of get back to that. Not really plate racing anymore, but I'm still going to call it that because traditionalist. But let's just cut the chit chat. That last lap, the racing was beyond intense. Okay, you obviously know what ends up happening, but they should have wrecked numerous times before then. Um, Myatt Snyder was just around the top five, maybe not inside the top five, maybe not outside the top five. I'm not entirely sure where he was. He gets turned around, head on into the wall, really hard hit anyways. And that car just takes off like a damn helicopter. I don't know. It was the craziest thing you've ever seen. And then it just eats the catch fence. Like, it is insane that his window net was down as fast as it was when he was out of that car. It was truly a, uh, a scary situation. That could have ended so badly. His cockpit was like the only thing not touched, which was insane. Like, the the engine got blown out. All four tires, both axles, everything just got completely destroyed on that car. Got ripped off. Um, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, Denny Hamlin said that a piece of the suspension hit. I don't know if it was his bus, his like, rate or the grill, but someone's. Michael Jordan and Bubba Wallace were literally on the other side of the fence where the car made contact. The entire thing was crazy. If you go on Twitter and you just look at pictures of the crash, Mike Snyder's literally on his nose levitating it is the craziest like it that those pictures are gonna be so iconic 10 years from now like think back to the larson pictures from 2013 but arguably more like it was the craziest crash and i'm not trying to heighten like how cool a crash is it's a crazy crash you don't see that in xfinity you don't even see that in cup it, it's insane completely grateful Mike snyder walked away he was joking around in his interview he seems to be all good hate that for jordan anderson like they can't afford those kind of blows uh, but I think Myatt Snyder, Jordan Anderson are going to prove some people wrong this year. I don't think Myatt Snyder is going to win the race. I don't even know if he'll make the playoffs, but I think that 31 car is going to get some good runs. Myatt Snyder is a good driver, won a race last year. And this seems like Jordan Slayers or Jordan Slayer. Jordan Anderson is putting a lot of focus on his Xfinity program and not so much on his truck program, which I think is the right call. So let's take a look, a rundown of your top 10 from the Xfinity Series race. Austin Hill, we didn't even talk about the winner. Austin Hill gets the win in his RCR debut full-time this year. He is locked into the playoffs. I want to talk a lot more about that here in a little bit. AJ Allmendinger finished second. Now that I think back to it, I don't even remember seeing the like the, the finish between those two. I don't know how close it was. Like, I know they showed it multiple times, but my mind was just on my Snyder that I don't even remember. Like, Was it a close finish, guys? I don't know. Noah Gregson gets third. Riley Herbst fourth. A strong run to Riley Herbst this season. Hopefully he can keep that momentum going. I want to see Riley Herbst succeed, uh, but, you know, he is what he is. Justin Allgaier gets top five. Sheldon Creed, the other rookie for RCR, gets sixth. Anthony Alfredo for Allen Motorsports, seventh. Ryan Sieg for RSS Racing gets eighth. Josh Blicky ninth. And then Brandon Brown, tenth. Uh, hopefully this helps get Brandon Brown some sponsorship. Uh, Ty Gibbs rounds out your top 11. I just want to talk about Ty Gibbs. So, I want to spend the next few minutes talking about the RCR Xfinity program. Before this race started, during qualifying actually, but it had nothing to do with qualifying. It was just giving you a little time frame of my day. I sent a voice message to my friends in a group chat. Got left on red, you know, story of my life. But I was hyping up the RCR Xfinity program so much because I truly believe from top to bottom in terms of talent, RCR's Xfinity team has the best talent in the Xfinity Series. Now, I'm not saying Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed are the two best drivers in the Xfinity Series. I'm just saying, from top to bottom, RCR is like a 
fantastic team. I'm not trying to hype these guys up to make them a bust later on, but I do think I do think if Austin Hill or Sheldon Creed or both, both's unlikely, but one or the other genuinely could be in an RCR Cup car in a couple of years, whether it's replacing Tyler Reddick, whether it's a third car. I think both of them would be phenomenal additions to that Cup program. I think both of them are such phenomenal signings for the Xfinity Series for RCR. A lot of people were underwhelmed with Austin Hill signing, but they wanted Parker Kligerman, which I get. I love Parker as well. I think Austin Hill is such a good driver. He won't wreck your equipment. He'll finish where that car is capable of, whether it's a win, whether it's a fifth. And Sheldon Creed has the excitement that I think possesses like a miniature Tyler Reddick. Like I think Sheldon Creed's going to make people a lot of make a lot of people happy this year. With you know, he's just I see Tyler Reddick when I look at Sheldon Creed, and he has the truck stats to back it up. He's a defending champ, not defending, but he's a former Truck Series champion. So I think RCR's Xfinity team's awesome. Now, just because I'm sure that's a hot take when I said top to bottom and talent. Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill are both phenomenal drivers, okay? If you go to Junior Motorsports, you have Justin Allgaier, you have Noah Gregson, you have Josh Berry. I personally, this might give me some hate, this might make me lose credibility, and you can quote me if I'm wrong. When time comes, you can use this and be like, ha, look at this idiot. I don't believe in Sam Mayer. I don't want to see him fail. I want to see Sam Mayer do good because NASCAR needs all the talent it can get. And if that talent's Sam Mayer, then fine. But people have been on Sam Mayer's, Sam Mayer's, um, they've been on the Sam Mayer train for so long, and I've yet to see anything personally that impresses me. Now, who cares if I'm impressed, right? But this is my podcast, and you're listening to my opinions. I don't see what Sam Mayer brings to the table, uh, personally. Yeah, he got that truck win for GMS, which is great. I think he should have ran a full season of trucks. He ran, what, 18 races or something like that in Xfinity last year? And maybe the fall Martinsville race, maybe, is the only time he looked like he deserved to be in a junior motorsports car. Like, it's a shame for Sam Mayer that he has to come up with Ty Gibbs because Ty Gibbs is phenomenal. We know what we have there. Sam Mayer is like, well, it's definitely untapped potential. There is potential there. I'm not saying he's a lost cause. I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm just saying I think if they had someone like Austin Hill on Junior Motorsports, I think Junior Motorsports would have the best team from top to bottom. I just I just don't think Sam Mayer's there. Right? He's definitely the weak link on the team. He's definitely no Riley Herbst. Don't get me wrong. He deserves to be an Xfinity. He deserves to be on Junior Motorsports. But I, I just don't see a future cup champion that maybe other people... Let's get off this subject before I cancel myself. Um, but man, the Xfinity Series is going to be a lot of fun this year. Okay, let's let's stay on the Xfinity topic. Colleague, Landon Castles finally got a good ride. Finally. And he looked good yesterday. It was Daytona. He finished 14th. But he looked good. Uh, Daniel Hemrick, the defending champion. Justin Allgaier, or not AJ Allmendinger. Phenomenal. Colleague is a good team. I am excited for Colleague this year. Uh, and then their cup team looks awesome, too. Justin Haley did really well in the clash, so I ate my words from last episode. And then the three drivers they have splitting that 16 car all are exciting, right? Daniel Hemrick, it's cool to see him back in cup, part-time. AJ Allmendinger won a race last year, so I can't say anything more about that. And Noah Gregson, man, I'm not one of those guys who hit on Noah Gregson just because he has a personality. I like Noah Gregson. And I want to see him in Cup. He did a phenomenal job yesterday. Let's hope my cough button worked. Noah Gregson did a phenomenal job yesterday uh, for Beard Motorsports. He got caught up in a wreck towards the end of the race. But he did a phenomenal job. And I think that'll continue when he moves over to the 16 car. 
Uh, other teams, our motorsports has an interesting lineup. Brett Moffitt, we all know what he's capable of. He's going to win a race this year. Mark my words. Anthony Alfredo, it's good that he's not in cup this year. I don't, <laughs> he, he made the move too early. So it's cool to see him get a quality ride. And then Jeb Burton, I think this is Jeb Burton's year to kind of prove himself. He's hung around. He keeps getting opportunities. And I want Jeb Burton to succeed because I like the Burton family being around. But you got to assume Jeb Burton at this point is just the Jeffrey Earnhardt, which isn't a bad thing. Maybe he's just not meant to have a legacy in NASCAR, which hurts to say, but the truth is the truth. This is my opinion. Um, Going down the line, Ryan Segan, eighth is cool. I'm excited for Timmy Hill getting an opportunity at Auto Club in the 38 RSS racing car. I think it's arguably probably the best team he's been with in a long time. Now, the 38 is usually down on power compared to the 39, but I think Timmy Hill can make up the difference. I don't think he'll get a top 10, but I'm excited for Timmy Hill as a Timmy Hill fan. Now, let's move on over to the truck series. We're about 20, 21 minutes in. I don't want to make this episode too long. I'm sure you guys all got things to do. Uh, and then we'll, there's really no point talking to Arca. We can uh, preview Auto Club and then, yeah. Um, so the truck series news. There's the race results. I'm trying to work Jayski while doing this. It's hard not having a co-host. So, truck series. Zane Smith gets the win. And the Camp and Roll Truck Series race at Daytona. He should have won the race probably 10 minutes earlier than he actually did. But NASCAR, I don't know how they brought that caution down time. Do you guys remember that? I know it was just last Friday. But so much has happened this weekend. Do you guys remember how NASCAR had those ninja reflexes? I'm not trying to be funny. They straight up called a caution when they wrecked in the middle of the trial. The start finish line's in the middle of the trial. Like, I don't even know how they could have thought the word caution before they got to the line, let alone send the signal from their brains to their fingertips to hit the button. That was impressive. And they managed to wreck on the last lap anyways of the next restart. But it's fitting that Zane Smith got the win in the Loves Ford, uh, Loves victorious two seasons in a row at Daytona. Because he should have won. There should have been a caution the first time. Like, I understand Asker Rules comes out for the line, but that was just unbelievably fast. I don't know how they managed to do that. Uh, ben Rhodes was so close to uh, winning back-to-back races at Daytona in the Truck Series. Christian Eckes starts his season off, his full-time season also, off with a top five, getting third place. Tanner Gray, fourth. I didn't even see that. Wow, that's pretty cool. Happy for Tanner Gray. Hopefully he has a good season. Parker Kligerman gets top five. Jesse Little <clears throat> finishing sixth for Young's Motorsports. Love to see it. Ty Majeski seventh after starting on pole. Danny Bone for Young's Motorsports getting 8th. Carson Hosevar for Nice gets ninth, And Matt DiBenedetto for Rackley Ward getting 10th. Matt DiBenedetto hung in the back all day. Didn't even, forgot he was in the race for half of it. And, you know, it's cool to see him get a top 10. Uh, and then Spencer Boyd gets 11th. I'm only mentioning that because Young's Motorsports got three cars in the top 11. That's insanely cool. Uh, Young's Motorsports, Tyler Young is like a, a local driver from where I live. So it's cool to see his team do well on NASCAR. He's like the underdog team I root for. Other underdogs in the truck series. Cause the truck series is full of underdogs that you love to root for. Uh, whether you root for this guy or not, Austin Wayne Self getting 13th. That's pretty cool. Austin, or uh, Timmy Hill, excuse me, 14th. Austin Hill, 15th for Spire. Stuart Friesen, 16th. Haley Deegan, 17th. I, I hope she improves from last year. Because 17th is where she finished almost every week last year. Dad Moffitt in his truck series debut gets 18th to the Raymond Brothers with partnership with GMS. Um, 
yeah, I think I think that's it. I think that's all we're going to talk about for the Truck Series results. Uh, because a lot of these guys, it's just they finished about where you expect, or it's Daytona. Um, but yeah, congrats to Zane Smith. That's that's really cool. I'm I'm excited to see that. Uh, Zane Smith's a cool guy. He almost got the cup right at Ganassi last year, if you haven't forgot. He almost replaced Kurt Busch in the one until Ganassi sold to um, Trackhouse. So, good on Zane Smith. So, let's actually preview this upcoming weekend's races. This is my first time doing a podcast solo. Sorry, man. I had a cough right there. This is my first time doing this podcast solo. So, I don't have a lot of segments planned out for how I want to do it. I just want to kind of get into the swing of doing things. I know next week we might have a, a little segment featuring dirt racing, kind of recapping the World of Outlaws uh, from this upcoming weekend, which is pretty cool. I'm excited for that. If you haven't watched the World of Outlaws, man, there's been three races this season, like 87 left to go. It's a fun series to watch. Uh, it's hard to watch illegally, though. So, if you like to use Reddit Motorsport streams, tough luck. Um, but this weekend at Auto Club, uh, the Wise Power 400, 200 laps, 400 miles, set, uh, Sunday, February 27th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm very curious how the next-gen car is going to handle this track, to be honest. As fragile as that suspension is, or seems to be, how are these cars going to handle the bumps? One thing we didn't even mention was when a next-gen car seemed to have a flat tire or a couple flat tires, they could not move it. There's no inner liner, inner liner in these tires. They could not move the car. It was literally stuck. So how are they going to handle this? Um, the surface at Fontana eats up your tires. With no inner liner and bad, what appears to be weak suspension, I just hope we don't have any too hard hits. Or, I mean, have too many hard hits. Uh, with tires letting go or suspension breaking in the middle of the corners. That's my biggest concern for the weekend. I'm not worried about cars getting upside down from spinning out. I, I'm just, I hope that the suspension can prove us wrong because I've seen a lot of people nervous about it and rightfully so. Now, my predictions for Fontana, okay? I'm going to give you three guys to think about. Let's say you're making bets for this weekend. Uh, Cody, if you're listening to this, listen up. So you're making bets for this weekend, right? These are the three guys I'd suggest putting money on for the Cup Series, okay? Let's go last to first, most likely. Last likely, at least likely. Uh, Tyler Reddick. And in a joint pick, Austin Dillon, okay? Uh, if you want a surprise winner, I think it could be Tyler Reddick. If you pick someone to get top five, maybe Austin Dillon. Uh, both drivers. I be- Austin, for sure. I'm not too sure about Reddick. I think Reddick. For sure, are really good at Auto Club, right? Austin Dillon had that win there in, what, 2017? Uh, or 2016? I, no, I, was, I think it was 2017. I don't know. When Kyle Busch blew a tire and Suarez ran out of gas, and it was crazy. Uh, and this just seems like the type of track that I think I could see Reddit getting his first win on. Uh, two. Denny Hamlin. Now, because I know what you're thinking. Denny Hamlin? Who the hell is Denny Hamlin? But no, for real. Uh, Denny has been so close to winning at Fontana over the years. And you got to think back to 2013 when he broke his back at the track. He has said on numerous occasions this is the one track that he wants to win at more than anything. And I believe him. 
And I would put money on him. I would put $5 on him, $10 on him. I don't know what the odds are. We'll see that way later in the week. But I think Denny Hamlin could be someone to keep an eye out for. Obviously, he's been a, one of the most consistent drivers in the Cup Series for the last three years. And I don't really expect that to change. I know in the last podcast, I said I kind of expect him to regress. I didn't say I'd expect him to go winless, right? Round of eight in the playoffs. Maybe not the final four like he has been in the last three years. And I do think Fontana is a place he could win. If not win, definitely have him in your top five. And the last guy should not be surprising, Alex Bowman. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hear me out. Alex Bowman, he dominated this race last time we were here in 2020. I, I think it's he had four wins last year. I think he's going to start a season off on a consistent note. He didn't do well in Daytona, but who does, right, other than Austin Hendrick? And I think Alex Bowman is going to be a smart pick. Now, yes, I did not say Kyle Larson. This is the perfect track for Kyle Larson. He's won here a ton. He's won in Michigan a ton. I just don't see it. Not this week. I don't have the feeling. I don't think Kyle Larson's going to victory lane this early in the season. I uh, I think that's going to be more like Las Vegas. So, those are my picks to win. Uh, let's preview the race. Not really my picks to win, just my betting picks. Uh, race preview, man, or what can we expect? Honestly, I think tire wear is going to be fun to keep an eye on. I think fi- uh, tire wear is going to make things extremely interesting. Um, with as hard as these cars are to drive, I'm expecting this to be a really good Fontana race. Um, I don't think it's going to be like Indy 2008. I don't think it's going to be as boring as years past with the high downforce. I, I think this is going to be one of those years where it's like, wow, Fontana's one of the better tracks on the schedule. Uh, I could see some off-the-wall winner, though. Remember last year we started the year off with a Michael McDowell, Chris Rebell, William Byron, first three wins. I could see something like that again. You know, why can't Chris Rowan? Um, man, I could see Cindric winning again, to be honest. We're going to the Rambley part, so let's move on. Let's talk about the Xfinity series. Um, Xfinity has, uh, Xfinity has, I don't think any cup drivers running in the field on Saturday. Uh, Trevor Bain making his JGR debut. I think that's awesome. I'm going to be honest, though. We'll get into this when I get into my preview here in a minute. I'm not sure Trevor Bain's going to win. Uh, the Production Alliance 300 on Saturday, Saturday, February 26th at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. 150 left from Fontana. Xfinity typically puts on one of the better shows of the weekend, so this is a must-watch race, in my opinion. The last time they were here in 2020, Harrison Burton won in an upset. I want to say Brandon Jones dominated the day, and Harrison Burton kind of stole it. So, can Brandon Jones get redemption in Fontana? I'm going to say no. Uh, my three to watch this Saturday, obviously got Ty Gibbs. It almost feels cheap saying that. You got Ty Gibbs. I think Sheldon Creed's going to be really impressive. Um, Like, really impressive. And then Josh Berry, man. It's hard to bet against him. He's actually running for the championship this year. I think it's exciting, and I'm excited for the Xfinity race. Uh, I don't have a lot to say. It's Xfinity. You know what I mean? Like, just enjoy it. It's entertainment. It doesn't really affect your week like Cup probably will. Uh, and there's no trucks uh, this weekend. Trucks return March 4th at Las Vegas uh, on Friday, March 4th at 9 p.m. Eastern time for the Victoria's Voice Foundation 200. So, I think... I think that'll be it for this episode. Um, let me know if you guys liked it somehow. Remember, send us an audio message on Anchor. Uh, it's free. 
maybe we'll be featured in the next episode. Um, it's a little weird doing it solo. So let me know what you guys think. Thank you guys so much for watching. Episodes will be a lot more frequent now. Uh, I'm recording this at 2.14 p.m. on a Monday afternoon. Uh, so thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, see you guys next time. Later.